Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. Thank you, Lord. Good morning, church. Amen. It's good to be back. If you didn't know, my wife and I were away we actually celebrated our 10th wedding anniversary in April. Listen now. In April, so it's been a number of months, but it took us a little while to plan like when we could do a getaway. And so um, we did that this past week. We were in Punta Cana, and man, that's a pretty place. It was great. And uh, thank you for praying for us, encouraging us. And, you know, l- listen, seriously, there are churches that if they see their pastor doing that, their thought is, well, he should be back here ministering to us. And then they wonder why they can't keep a pastor for more than a year and a half. <laughs> uh, listen, um, I, I have a tendency, I'm a little old school, I just keep on rolling and just keep working and working, but I'm realizing more as time goes on that it is good to rest and recharge so that you can come back with more steam, if you will. So thanks for praying for me. We want to receive some a few members today that have gone through the next steps class, and uh, I'm gonna if I call your name, I'm gonna ask you to come forward and stand facing me, if you would, please. Dana McAllen, Kristen Jones, Brandon Jones, Jeff Whittle, and Denise Whittle. If you would come, please. If you are here, and uh, we receive them whether they are here or not here, but if they were able to make it today, God bless you all. If you could just maybe uh, Jeff and Denise, you could stand right here, and you guys, Brandon and and uh, Kristen, stand right here. Um, let me just take you, tell you a moment why I believe every person should be a member of a church. All right? This isn't just for you guys, but for everybody listening, okay? The reason I believe you should be a member of a church is because the heart of God is committed to his body, his bride, his church, 100%. And, you know, we now live in an age when people are committed to many things, but when it comes to the things of God, statistics would tell us very uncommitted. In other words, if I'm not doing anything else, then maybe I'll show up in God's house. That's the day and age we live in. And I believe becoming a member of a church says, God, I want to be committed like you're committed to me. Anybody in the house listen this morning? All right? And so I am grateful. All right? A couple of things I want you to remember. What makes a church powerful is the involvement of its members. I'm encouraging you as you commit to this. Some of you guys, you're already involved, but just encouraging you. Secondly, uh, as much as I love Eastern Assembly of God, can I remind you guys and all of you here, let's boast more about Jesus than we do Eastern Assembly of God. There would be no Eastern Assembly of God without Jesus. And thirdly, one of the things that hinders the work of the Holy Spirit in a church, probably more than anything, is gossip. And I want to encourage you and everybody here if you got a problem with somebody that attends the Eastern, put on your big boy pants, your big girl pants, and go talk to them, and don't spread it sideways. Let's keep unity in our midst. Amen? So we are excited about you's committing here at Eastern. I'm going to pray a blessing over you, and then I'm going to have you turn around, and I'm going to have some of our leadership come and welcome you. Would you just reach a hand this way, and let's pray. Lord, thank you for those, God, who say, I want to make a commitment that this season in my life, this church is going to be home. I believe you bless those who make that commitment. I thank you for them. We welcome them. And Lord, I pray, Father, that we could bless them and they could bless us. And together, we could build your kingdom. In Jesus' name.
Amen. You kindly just turn around. Some of you who are in leadership staff, if you'd come. If we have any deaconesses or deacons who are close by, God, welcome you guys. We love you. We bless you this morning. Thank you, thank you. And if you want to know the process, if you're a newcomer among us, the process of membership is to take the Next Steps class, which will run next uh, Sunday school quarter beginning in January. Jump in the Next Steps class, and that will take you on. It's an eight-week class. will help you on the road to membership. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Amen. You may be seated. Also, uh, we have in our midst here two Pats, Pat Eltringham and Pat Sissel, who both lost their husbands this week. And I was surprised to see them this morning, pleasantly surprised that they would choose to come to the house of the Lord on the Sunday after they lost their spouses. And uh, Pat Eltringham, where are you, Pat? Where are you? You're right here. Told me, I asked her how long she'd been married. 71 years her and Tom were married. And um, if you're a friend of theirs, I want to let you know the funeral for Tom and is this Saturday. And if you're planning on coming, they just need to know there's a sign-up back there to make sure they have enough food. And where's, where's Pat Sinsel? Where are you at, Pat? Where are you and your daughter are here? How long, how long were you married? How long were you guys married? 67, not far behind. And uh, what, a wonder, what a wonderful testimony. Uh, uh, I, I bet there's less than 1% of couples that make it to 67 or 71 years. You're truly blessed and grateful that you're here worship with us this morning. Amen? Well, I don't have notes for you this morning. This is just kind of a listen to. Um, but since you don't have notes to write, you can just say amen more. All right, we'll make a little agreement. All right? This morning, we're going to begin a three-week series entitled Give Thanks uh, through the Thanksgiving season. And uh, the first part of this verse, I'm going to read, and then I want you just to answer back. All right, here we go. Be joyful always. Go ahead. You're going to answer back the, what I say. All right, we're going to get it together. I'm going to say be joyful always. You're going to say be joyful always. All right? I know. That was my bad because I just told you to say amen more. All right? So, so all right, um, I, I got to do a little better job. All right, here we are. Let's start over. All right? We're just erase the last minute. Here we go. Be joyful always. Be joyful. Pray continually. Pray continually. Give, thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now you can stop there and let me read. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Now I want you to notice something right away. We're going to focus on those words, give thanks, since it's the title of the series. All right. The word give actually requires an action. For example, if I say to my wife, give to me the TV remote. And she says, listen, she says, uh, um, it's in my thoughts. Or I have the intention. No. <laughs> give. All right. And even though I believe Giving thanks for believers certainly starts in a heart. You're not going to give thanks outwardly if it doesn't start in your heart, right? It's an attitude of gratitude starts here. But I believe if, you're, if you were to follow a believer around for any length of time, you, you ought to see visible expression that they're thankful to God. You ought, you ought to hear a thank you Jesus once in a while. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Something outwardly 
that would show that they understand giving of thanks. Come on. Amen? Amen. There's a man, John, who came to know the Lord at Westside when I pastored in the inner city. And quite often, he posts on Facebook. I'd say at least once a week. He posts other things, but at least once a week. He, he, he starts his morning. He says, thank you, Lord, allowing me to wake up another morning. Amen? Can I tell you, church, that a great place to practice giving thanks is right here in church. Matter of fact, I propose to you that people who have a hard time giving thanks in church probably don't give too much thanks out of church because the atmosphere here is one of giving thanks, right? So it's a great place to practice. Can you say amen? Amen, amen and amen. Well, somebody said, but pastor, I'm, I'm just not a demonstrative person. I just, you know, I'm kind of to myself. Yeah, I want to follow you around and make sure you're that way all the time. When you watch the Ravens game. When things, you, you understand? And listen, I understand. I understand our personality comes into play when it comes to how we worship God and give thanks to God. And you understand that giving thanks and praise are very related. When you praise God, what are you praising him for? You're praising him for what you're thankful for. When you worship God, you're worshiping him for who he is. There's a difference there. But praise is an expression of saying, God, I'm thankful. Thankful for all that you've done in my life. So your personality comes into play. You know, for one person, this is a big deal of worship. For somebody else, you know, that's, you know, your personality comes into play. But nonetheless, God wants our thanks to be in action. Can you say amen? amen. Now, I want to tell you this morning the journey that I went on as a new believer, because I believe it's going to help some of you in this place today, and in this journey in worship. Now, I was raised in a denominational church where the service, you could pretty much follow in the bulletin. And you'd look in the bulletin, oh, we're singing this song. Then it would go down. Oh, now it's time to stand, because it would say stand. And you'd stand, and, you know, the minister's going to say this. Or if it wasn't in the bulletin, it was in, like, the hymnal or the, the order of worship, right? The minister's going to say this. When the minister's done saying this, the congregation is going to say this. And I thought I was very spiritual as a young teenager because I had many of those things uh, um, memorized, like the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. How many of you were, were just out of curiosity, raised in a church like that, where it was very, very route? And, and the church that I was raised in, um, you, you know, you never heard anybody say amen. You never saw a hand raised. It was stand, sit, read your part. The pastor reads his part. Uh, if there was noise in the service, it was because a baby was crying, you know what I mean, broke the silence. That was the church that I was raised in. Okay, so I was born again at 18 years of age in an Assembly of God church. And I noticed, like, right away that there was a difference in the style of worship. Whereas the denominational church I was raised in was very route, very kind of dry and formal. In the Assemblies of God church I was raised in, it wasn't unusual for someone to lift their hand. Or to say, thank you, Jesus. It wasn't unusual to look across the room and see tears coming out of someone's eyes as they were expressing their, their joy and their love for the Lord. And that caused me, as a new believer, to ask this question. And this was, this was very important to me. Can you worship God how you want? Like, is there a Lutheran way to worship God? And a Methodist way to worship God. 
and an assembly of God way to worship God, all which are acceptable to God. Uh, is there, can you do it individually like you want? I remember visiting a man when I was in Michigan and his wife attended our church and her husband didn't come and I was visiting him because I, I believe it's a good thing to worship God as a family. Hello. Come on, come on. It's good for mom and dad and the kids. Do, do it together. Do it as a family. And, and I remember visiting him and said, man, I would love to see you come to church with your wife and do this as a family. He says, well, I have my own way of worshiping God. When I go in the woods and there in nature, that's my way. Okay? Is there a my way in this process? Or does God have something to say about how you are to do it? And is the reward for doing it God's way what we're all after? And that's him. You understand? Now, we as Americans, you know, our, our tendency is, well, you know, my way. I have it my way. Well, you can do that at Burger King. But when it comes to approaching God, him being God, he has the right to say, this is how. Think, think about even a ball game. There's parameters even in a ball game. I mean, there, there's some latitude. Some people shout louder than others and some people, but listen, if you decide that you're gonna, you're gonna enjoy the ball game by jumping the fence and running around the field, that's not gonna be acceptable. You understand? So here I am on this venture. Can you, can you worship God however you want? And I remember, I think it was my youth pastor that I was talking to about this. Thank God for youth pastors. Come on. Come on, go ahead. Thank God for youth pastors, all right? And I was 18 years old, and so my youth pastor said to me, uh, his, name is, his name was John. He's now, now uh, actually Walt was that first youth pastor. He's now, now with the Lord. But Walt said to me, he said, you know, you ought to look in the Psalms because the Psalms were actually songs of worship that were sung. And, and those songs are inspired, so the inspiration behind the songs may have some keys to how to give God thanks. I'm like, thanks. I'll read the Psalms. So I began to look at the Psalms, and I, I remember coming across Psalms like this. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And I said, whoa, whoa. That, those words, all ye people, sounds like to me that, that God accepts that as a method to give him thanks. Some of you old timers remember, we used to sing this. Clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with the voice of praise. Now do what you do next if you know this song. Hosanna, now your hands gotta go up. Hosanna, Hosanna, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Now you remember, praise him, praise him, shout unto God with the voice of praise. I mean, think of all the things we clap our hands for and don't even think about it then why would you hesitate to do that for God if God says, this is acceptable as a way to give me thanks? Come on, somebody. Now, I realize when you say shout for, for one person, they're gonna shout the loudest they can. Someone else is not gonna be so loud. But, but, you know, give something. If that's what God says, this is acceptable as a means to be thanks, to thank me. Why wouldn't we follow God's instructions and do what he says? This is not brain, this is not, come on, this is not... Rocket science, that's the word I'm looking for. Does not God say with the heart of a child, right? 
that's what God wants, let's give them to him. Now, why is it God's will for you to give thanks? Why, why does God want you to be a thankful person? Well, first of all, it ought to be easy for us to give him thanks because he's good. And all you got to do is count your blessings, name them one by one. Come on, somebody, and, and you'll be thankful. So if you believe, listen, if you believe when you were lost on your way to hell and you cried out to Jesus, Jesus rescued you from the pathway you were on, brought you out of the kingdom of darkness, put you in the kingdom of light, forgave every one of your sins, says I will never leave you or forsake you. If you believe that, you certainly have something to give thanks to God for. And when you're at that gas pump, come on somebody, in your 1963 Volkswagen and the guy in the Porsche pulls in next to you, you have no reason to be jealous, friend, because if you have Jesus, you have something of far more value than anything this world can give you. Secondly, there's something in the act of giving, whether it's giving praise whether it's giving an offering, whether it's giving in service, all topics which we'll cover in weeks to come, there's something about you opening up your heart to give which puts you in a place for you to receive what you need in that moment for what you're going through. When, when is the hardest time to give thanks? The hardest time to give thanks is when you're going through a really hard time. But when do you need God more than in that moment? It says, God, make a choice. Thanksgiving is a choice. Make a choice to give me thanks and see if I don't give you the strength that you need, the help that you need, the grace that you need in that moment. Come on. Amen? God gives. Here it is. Giving thanks opens the door, I believe, for God to give to you. Now, if you don't know, I have an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old, okay? That is not supposed to be a crying child. That is a whiny child right there, okay? Um, and, and we may have a conversation in our house that goes something like this. All right, Luke will come up to me. Daddy, Mommy gave Ella her phone. I want your phone. Can I have your phone? Why can't I have your phone? It's not fair. Mommy gave Ella her phone. <laughs> Stop. Now, I, I may, by the act of grace, give him my phone, but it, it's, it's not, it's reluctantly. As opposed to, Daddy, you're such a great daddy. Can I have your phone? <laughs> now listen, God being a father, what, what does he feel when we're just whiny and complaining and, come on, it, 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 if he's like an earthly father, come on. He doesn't like, I wonder sometimes if, if God, you know, you ever say to your kids, if you're going to whine, I'll give you something to whine about. Yeah. You want my phone? No phone for the next 20 years. How you like that? <laughs> Come on, you know. And I, I found this to be a truism. That people who often give thanks seem to have much to give thanks for. And people who tend to whine a lot tend to have a lot to whine about. And it's something about the perspective and the choice 
that's, that's really inescapable to, to see when you look around and watch people who are thankful. And, and, and that's not to say that people who choose to give thanks, that everything goes their way. Not what I'm saying. I'm just saying no matter what they're going through, it would seem they seem to find something to give thanks for. And whiny Christians, no matter what they go through, mountaintop or valley, seem to find something to whine about. And the Bible tells us that we are to do everything, everybody say everything, Everything. without complaining and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Come on. How many know the world for the most part? When they're up, they're up. When they're down, they're down. And God says for us believers, when you're up, you're up. When you're down, you're still up because he's still the Lord. Come on, somebody. Listen, if we're going to be a witness to this world, one of the ways we're going to get the world's attention, and you can't fake this, it's got to be real, is you're going to choose to give thanks even though your workmates know everything isn't going your way. Even though your neighbors know. Well, this is more than just choosing to have a right attitude. It's understanding that God is good. God is faithful. God is still by your side. God keeps his promises no matter what you're going through. So we were in Punta Cana this past week. We were at an all-inclusive resort. And uh, there were a lot of uh, Dominicans who worked at the resort. And uh, I was curious, being in a third world country, what a typical resort paid their workers. So I looked it up online. I didn't want to embarrass one of the employees, but I, so I looked it up. You know, what they, what the, so the typical pay for a Dominican working at an all-inclusive resort is $9 a day. $9 a day. Look it up. About $300 a month. Our last day, which was yesterday morning. This just was yesterday morning. We're sitting there getting our last, enjoying our last breakfast that Rachel doesn't have to cook at the all-inclusive resort, you know. And, and uh, out comes this young Dominican guy. I'd say he was 20-ish maybe. And I got the coffee. I got the coffee. Who wants the coffee? I don't remember the song exactly. But, I mean, he was all excited going around with, with a song in his heart, pouring coffee. I don't even know if he knows the Lord. And he's happy about getting paid $9 a day. And think about us. What we whine about. When we really have something to sing about. When we really have something to praise about. Come on, are you saying? 1 Corinthians 10.10 says this. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Now, let's remember this picture of the Israelites, okay? God delivers them out of Egypt, miraculously parts the Red Sea, of which they walk through on dry ground when they get to the other side and, the, Isra- and the, the Egyptians are coming through with their horses and chariots. The sea comes back in, kills them all. They get on the other side and realize they will no longer have to deal with the Egyptians again. They are gone. And then a short time later, they find themselves without water. Now, you would think that they would look up to heaven and say, God, if you're big enough to part the Red Sea, you're big enough to give us some water. Nope. We're going to die. We're going to die. Why did you bring us here? We're going to die. What does God do? He opens up a rock and water comes out. 
Now, you'd think a short time later when they got hungry, they'd say to themselves, this God who opened the Red Sea and brought water out of a rock is certainly big enough to feed us. We're hungry. We remember back in Egypt. We had onions and leeks. I never quite understood that one. (laughs) Read it. It's there. What does God do? Rains down manna. God, we're tired of eating bread, bread every morning, bread. What does God do? Sends quails. Till till, till there's so many they can't even eat them. You'd think. I know I'm getting, I think I'm getting my head on my cell phone slides here, but, it, but it's right here. I'm, I just want to say, you know, you know why God hates complaining? Because ultimately, God just wants you to trust him. And God wants you to remember what he did yesterday in your hard time. He was faithful. And when we whine, what we're really saying to God is, God, I just don't trust you. Just don't think you're big enough to handle what I'm going through. And what was, the, what was the Israelites, what, what ultimately happened to them? 40 years in the wilderness. You want to whine? I'll give you something to whine about. Come on, somebody. I don't want that to be you. I don't want that to be me. Come on. Amen? Amen? Amen. Give you something to think about. Amen? All right. So back to my journey in the Psalms. Remember I had read, clap your hands, all you people. So here I am, 18, trying to figure out, is there a Lutheran way? Is there a Methodist way? Is there an assembly God? What does the Bible say? Here's one. But I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising him to everyone. Now, it's interesting how reluctant we are sometimes as Christians at our workplace to our neighbors. Maybe our neighbor says, hey, man, you know, uh, I got a raise. I got a new job. And we're we're reluctant to say, well, praise the Lord, because, well, you know, we don't want them to misunderstand or whatever. But our workmates are never hesitant to let their proclamations leave their mouth. Our neighbors don't care to let their proclamations leave their mouth when they're not pleased with something. Am I telling the truth? How much more should we not be ashamed? Shouldn't, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. God is good. I want to encourage this morning. Give thanks. Give thanks. Has he been good to you? Is he being good to you? Will he be good to you? Yeah? Yeah. Give thanks. You might just give your neighbors attention. Did you know that giving thanks is a powerful spiritual weapon against the plans of the enemy? The devil looks at you and says, you know what? God's been good to them. Let a little trouble come their way. Isn't that what the devil said about Job? You know why Job praises God is without fault? Because, God, you've been so good to him. But let a little trouble come his way and see what happens. So God permitted the devil to bring a little trouble Job's way. And what was Job's response? The Lord gives. The Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I wasn't even sure it was the Lord who took it away, if you really read the story. But nonetheless, in Job, in his perspective, is just saying, I'm going to praise God no matter what. That's the bottom end of the story. I'm going to praise God. So listen, think about it. The devil comes after you. Bring a little trouble, see what happens. You're still praising God. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll. One of the biggest ways you resist the devil is by continuing to give God thanks in the midst. He said, boy, that didn't work. That didn't work. I'll go try somebody else. Better leave them alone. All that happens to them is I torture more and they just praise God more. I better leave them alone. Come on, somebody. 
Psalm 109.30. My mouth's full of great praise for God. I'm singing his hallelujahs surrounded by crowds. Amen. So again, here I am, new Christian, going back to my story, coming out of the denominational church, begin, got saved, now attending uh, initially on Sunday nights this Assembly of God Church. I, I did my due diligence. I looked in the Psalms. I see what God had to say about it. And you know what I concluded? I said, what did you conclude, Pastor? I concluded I'm going to do it God's way. It's going to do it God's way. I wish there would have been a, I wish I'd have a recording of the first time in service that I decided to raise my hand. You know, probably it was kind of like this, you know, just uh, maybe second service, you know, maybe third. And at some point, you just don't care anymore. It's like, Lord, you deserve it all, you know, just, just lift my hands and praise God. And, and, you know, think this is, you know, I want everything God has for me. So I don't want to hold back. And again, this doesn't have to be running around the church screaming, swinging from the chandeliers. We're, we're not talking about... The, the problem with over-exuberance is attention can be brought to you. Everybody's watching you instead of us worshiping God. That's why I believe what we do, we ought to do together. If the, if the worship leader says, clap our hands, we clap our hands. If he says, shout, we shout, lift our hands. Now, when you're at home in your own prayer time, you can clap when you want. And there's certainly room for latitude in when you do these things. But the bottom line is God wants us to give him thanks with expression. Can you say amen? amen. All right, here it is, Psalm 140, 134, 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Now, going back to our text, it says that we are to give thanks in all circumstances. This is important. Notice it doesn't say we are to give God thanks for all circumstances. To make that real, it was a little over a year ago, a year and a couple months ago, that my wife Rachel was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. God did not ask of her to say thank you for having breast cancer. Right? God does not ask you to say thank you for taking home this person or that person. Or, or, or There's some things in this world that are evil. God doesn't ask us to give thanks for what doesn't come from him. But ultimately, he asks us to give thanks in the midst of it. Right? Because how many you know there's things in this life you just can't control? It just happens. And God wants you in that moment to say, Lord, I don't know. You might even say it like this, Lord, I don't understand it. It hurts. It's hard. You might shed some tears. You might, you might wrestle with God over some of these things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, Lord, I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to lift up my hand and say, God, you've been good to me, and I'm believing you're going to continue to be good because you're a good God, and you're going to see me through. So I'm choosing by an act of my will to lift up my voice and say, thank you, Jesus, and I'm going to keep praising you through the storm. Amen? That's why Paul said, listen, amen, back up. So, so we praise him because we trust him, but there's another thing you need to consider. One of the reasons we ought to be giving God thanks. How many of you believe that your life is but a breath? The Bible says that. How many of you, every time you have a birthday, you're like, how did I get here so fast? How can it be? How can 71 years of marriage, how could it have happened? Boom, it's gone. Okay, so we have this breath, and then on the other side of the breath, we have eternity. On the other side of this breath, we have eternal life through Christ Jesus, of which there will be no more sorrow or tears. 
So, so knowing that, shouldn't we be able to give thanks even if we're having a bad day on this side, knowing what's coming our way on the other side? Shouldn't that be enough for us to be able to say, Lord, it's tough down here sometimes. Woo, it's coming to an end. Glory to God. I have an inheritance. Paul said it this way. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Hey, Rachel and I put to Kona. We, were, we had a beautiful view from our room of uh, kind of the resort, the palm trees, the ocean. I said to Rachel one day, I said, can you imagine the new heavens and the new earth? This, this will be the least sight in God's kingdom. Because even Punta Cana has been touched by sin. But the new heavens and the new earth, woo! Come on, somebody. I, you have, listen, you have no idea. Eye has not seen nor ear heard the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Friend, if you know that, it ought to make it easy to say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what's going on. Peter said it this way, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never, everybody say never, never. perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. How about this one? We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. The boat may have to go through some crazy waters, but the anchor's secure. Amen? So how are you doing giving thanks? If you're on social media, have you made a Facebook post lately? I'm thankful. If I followed you around, if I, if I became invisible and followed you around, would it not take long for, for me to see in some way some expression of giving thanks? Come on. You know, there's lots of stories. And, and Wayne, musicians, those of you here, come get ready to help us out here. There's lots of stories of Christians who have faced great tragedies, but have chosen at some point, instead of complaining, to give thanks. Just want to briefly tell you about two of those stories, two of my favorites. Anybody know who that is? Joe and Joni Erickson Tata. In 1967, somewhere right here in Maryland, she dove off a dock into what she thought was deep water. It was shallow, and she broke her neck. Now listen, I'm not saying the next day she's like, oh, I'm just going to choose to thank God. I'm sure it was a battle. But at some point, she came to the conclusion, you know what? There's nothing I can do about this. God must have a purpose in it. So I'm going to choose to thank God and see what he'll do. You see that drawing she drew with her mouth? Most of us can't even draw that with two hands and... You don't understand? I mean, I mean it's, it's incredible what God has done through her life and the encouragement she's brought to people because she made a choice. How about this guy, one of my favorites? Nick Majusik, born with no legs and no arms. And when you read his testimony, he'll tell you, as a teenager, he had a hard time. God, why me? I look around. Everyone else is normal. Why me? But at some point, Nick Vajusic said, you know what? You must have a purpose in this, God. And, and, and it's just for a breath because on the other side, I'm going to have arms and legs. 
So he made a choice. He said, God, if somehow, some way you can use me, I'll give you thanks. I'll just praise you through it all. And if you follow his story at all, he'll, he'll go to places in the world. They'll put him on a table and he'll share his testimony. And this, this is a couple, I haven't looked at recent statistics. This is a number of years old. But a couple years ago when I looked at it, over 200,000 people had come to Christ through that man's testimony. Come on, somebody, because he chose to give thanks. Listen, I want you to look at him and I want you to think about what you're going through. And what excuse do you have not to give thanks? For a Christian, Thanksgiving is more than a holiday. God has called it to make us a way of life. And it shouldn't be hard at all to be the easiest thing in all the world. I'm gonna ask you to stand at your feet this morning. And I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat and come around these altars. And I know we had some worship a little while ago, but in light of what you've just heard, and with this opportunity, with this opportunity in front of you, I want you to give God thanks. Come on, right down, press in around these altars. Come on, get out of your seats. Come on. Come on. There's even something about moving that's a way of giving thanks. God, I'm going to make a choice right now to walk down that aisle, to get around some other believers down here at this altar and lift up my hands. Would you do it with me right now? Say, God, I'm thankful this morning. I'm thankful for you, Jesus. Thankful for family, God. Thankful for all that you've done. God, forgive me for my tendency to complain. Forgive me, God, for grumbling when you've been so good to me. God, cultivate a, a thankful heart in me that will be expressed through my raised hands, my voice. Come on, would you lift up your voices right now? This is your chance. Open that mouth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You've been so good, Lord. Don't ever let me take it for granted. Don't let me ever tire any more than you tire of taking care of me, God. I give you thanks today, Lord. I bless your name, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness, God. Thank you.